Hello, everyone, and welcome to my Papa's podcast, Celebrating the Word with Dean Caldwell Ministries. Hello, everyone. We want to welcome you today to Elevating the Word. This is a Bible study intended to increase your faith, increase your knowledge of God so you can walk closer to the Lord and have a relationship with God like you've never had before. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the podcast today. We are so glad that you have chosen to join us. Just a few quick announcements up front. Uh, Don't forget the YouTube channel that is now available for Brother Dean uh, you can find that at Dean Caldwell Ministries on YouTube and keep up with uh, encouraging videos over there. Also, uh, Facebook, Dean Caldwell Ministries. You can go head over there and keep up with uh, encouraging posts where Brother Dean's going to be in revival um, and, and videos and all kinds of things of that nature. Then also, we have the email, elevatingtheword at outlook.com. Again, that's elevating the word at outlook.com. We'd love for you to send your thoughts, your questions, your prayer requests uh, to the to that email, and we'll do our best to to get to those. And Brother Dean will address those topics either personally or maybe he may do it on the podcast. So, but then lastly, there is our giving. If you'd like to support Brother Dean and his ministry uh, or the podcast in any way or nature, there's ways to do that down in the show notes. Uh, of this podcast. So just click on the links and it'll take you exactly where you need to go. With all that out of the way, Brother Caldwell, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about the beginning of the Hebrew nation, uh, the beginning of the promised nation, which was the Hebrew nation. And uh, Rob, we're going to start with uh, everything and the word of God has roots in Genesis. So that's Mm. where we're going to start with this. In Genesis chapter number three, Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15. Now, this is the first promise that God implicates or implies to us that there will be a Savior come into the world. Yeah. And it's through this scripture that is spoken of a virgin birth as well and uh, the defeating of Satan. Mm-hmm. And so in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 15, he said, this is God speaking now. This is after the fall of Adam and Eve. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Mm-hmm. Now, some may wonder, and, and many of you that's listened to this uh, podcast have heard me preach on this through the years of time, but the woman does not carry the seed. She carries the egg. Mm-hmm. Now listen to what he said. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed, talking about Satan, and her seed. So here's the first verse in the Bible that implies there will be a virgin birth that's mm-hmm. going to take place. A woman will conceive a child without the aid of a man being in her life. But for those that are just now listening and maybe you're not up to par, let me just kindly backtrail here a little bit. Adam and Eve had been in the Garden of Eden at this point, and uh, they were placed there, the first created people on this planet Earth. God was able to visit with them on a routine routine basis. That's Mm -hmm. in chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. And uh, then the devil came on the scene 
deceived them. They disobeyed God. And because of their disobedience to God, they were cast out of the Garden of Eden. And Mm. because they were cast out of the Garden of Eden, God put angels at the gate with flaming swords so they could not return. And then God makes this statement to the devil. There's coming a day I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, which was Jesus, and his heel. Now, this this is talking about the cross. His heel shall bruise your head, and you're going to bruise his heel. So he is implying the cross. This was the mm-hmm. plan of God from the beginning of time. But man had a choice. Yeah. Had a choice to fall or not to fall, to mm-hmm. obey or disobey the voice of the Lord. So as we get into this, Rob, let us uh, explore some things here as to why the Hebrew nation came about. Now, keep in mind, everybody, keep in mind the subject matter here. Everybody up to Abraham, even including Abraham, was Gentile. Now, the Bible is divided into three sects of people that are called Gentile, Hebrew, and then it's uh, spoke about the mixture between Gentile and Hebrew or Gentile and Jew, and that is uh, a Samaritan. So those three are addressed more than any other. There's other nationalities that are brought up, but the main focus of the scripture is the Jew, the Gentile, and anybody that's not Hebrew or Jewish is Gentile. Gentile. That's yeah. about it. And then there was a mixture between the Jew and the Gentile. But anyway, here in this passage of scripture, God is laying out. Now, when you go to chapter 11 of the book of Genesis, there's the story of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel was Gentile people that had come. Now, this is after the flood of Noah, and they had come to the place that they're going to build a kingdom They're going to build a tower of worship so high that if God decides to flood this earth again, he's going to have some issues here. So Mm -hmm. what they're trying to do is to become God uh, for themselves and and bring worship to themselves. And it is led by Nimrod in chapter number 10, and it is referred to uh, the Tower of Babel, or this is the first root of the Babylonian kingdom uh, that is followed through the scripture. And here's where it starts. It starts as a rebellion, Mm. as a rebellion to God. And it keeps that theme all the way through the scripture. Babylon, whenever it is spoken of, is a rebellion to God. And then when you get in Revelation, it's the rebellion of the political system and an economic system and Mm. It just goes on. But anyway, in chapter number 11, they said, let us make a tower. And then in verse 1, it said the earth, all the earth was one language at that time. Everybody spoke the same language. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we all are up to par on that. God visited with them, and he confused their language. Mm -hmm. He separated in groups different languages, and because 
this was new. I mean, they went to bed speaking the same language one night, got up the morning, and they were different languages all of the So the yeah. such mass confusion, and there was no interpreters because nobody knew these languages except the person that God had just placed it inside of them. Mm. So they dispersed in all of the world because of their rebellion. And God just let the Gentiles kind of run loose at mm. that point. They had they had been given a chance. They uh, Noah uh, had uh, him and his three sons and their wives, eight people, saved from the flood of the judgments of God on mm-hmm. this earth. They all had that record. They knew exactly how big and powerful that God was, and yet they chose not to serve him. They chose to create their own God and their own way of life serving their own God, which would benefit them greatly. They could just change the rules as they go and fit themselves. And actually, when you think about idolatry, idolatry, the base root of idolatry is people just living the life they want to live Mm. and with no responsibility and just a God that they can uh, serve every now and then, you know, to satisfy the craving. And Rob, let me interject this. When God made us, he placed with inside of us the want to for a God, the want to for a worship. Even people that do not believe in God give their allegiance to something. They give their praise to something. It may even just be a car. But they give their 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 allegiance to something, and because that is something God placed inside of every one of us. But yeah. He placed it there for us to serve God. That was the purpose of it being inside of us, is for us to serve God. So the story goes that God had scattered them abroad on the face of the earth. He just let them go in their rebellion. And he changed their language and scattered them all over the world. Now, I'm going to say something here that probably I might get some questions on, but um, let me uh, say it anyway, because (laughs) we get this. How did different languages get on different continents, and how was this? In Genesis 10 and verse 25, the Bible said, And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg. Now listen to this. For in his days, the earth was divided and his brother's name was Jortan. The earth was divided. Now that's not got anything to do with chapter 11 with the language. That's people. Mm -hmm. This said the earth was divided. It was already separating. No, it, it happened after the languages. God separated the languages and dispersed them in all the world, which was believed to be one large mass land with uh, oceans and what have you. But there was something catastrophic that Hmm. happened that shook an earthquake, whatever it was, that divided. It divided. And these languages that were in that area were divided with seas and oceans and what have you from each other. Now then, when so you, although it happened the chapter before, it's yes. talking about happening at the same time well, as chapter eleven. Is that yes, in chapter okay, 10, I should try to be clear. 
in chapter 10, the descendants of Noah, and it gives a little brief uh, summary of different ones that are there. But this will extend past chapter 11. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it extends because it's a historical chapter that's giving the names of genealogy. Okay. And, uh, and, okay. and many of them have a brief summary about yes. what happened in their life and in that day. But now, but even, when, I mean, even our geogra geographical history tells us there was a continent, what it's called a continental drift. Yes. We learned that in school, the continental drift, that you can actually look at a, a globe or a map and kind of see actually how. Literally, if you took the landmass, it would almost fit together. Not perfectly yes. because of erosion and all yes. things that happened, but but you can take you can take a map and kind of piece pieces mm -hmm. together. It, you know, if you had that type of power. Yeah. And, uh, well, the so scripture gives... scripture proves again just the just that it's all God's idea. Yes, it it's is. It's all Him in the first place. And and I'm thankful that God doesn't give great details on some things. Yeah. He just tells you that's how it is. Yeah. And you accept it by faith because the the Bible, the whole Bible is a book of faith. Yes. And uh, there's no details about God where he come from or mm -hmm. family. There's no details about uh the the devil in detail just that he was kicked out of heaven because he tried to overthrow God. I mean yeah. just a summary Mm -hmm. is made of many different things in the Word of God because it's a book of faith. Yeah. Now, you can challenge all that if you want to and mm -hmm. running in with it, and then you start surmising and you start adding things that may be true and may not be true. Yeah. But faith is something you accept that say, God, you're on the throne. Yeah. You know how and what, and, and I'm trusting you. All Absolutely. right. This brings us to chapter 12, after the scattering of the Gentiles across the face of the earth, and in chapter 12, God is speaking to Abraham, and he said, the Lord said unto Abram, now his name was Abram before it was Abraham, but he said unto Abram, he said, get out of the country from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. Now listen to verse 2. Here is the remarkable promise God made to Abraham. I will make you a great nation. Now this nation did not exist when God said this. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and, and make a great uh, your name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And then he said... I will bless them that bless you. I'll curse them that curse you. And in thee, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So the scripture said that Abraham left in verse number four. He departed as God had spoken. And uh, this was uh, the beginning of the emphasis that God placed to form a nation that did not exist at this point. God had said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a father. I'm going to make you a, a great nation, mm. a great nation. There was no Jew. There was no Hebrew. Now, now let me divide here. Hebrew is the people. Jew is the religion. Yeah. So uh, we, we, can, we can go back and forth with that, you know, yeah. and use that term there. But he said in verse number four, he said, Abraham, depart as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. So Abraham uh, was a Gentile, 
but God called a Gentile out of out of mm-hmm. the world in order to create a nation that Christ was going to be born into this world through. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, the Gentiles had rebelled against God. Yeah. I mean, they had just rebelled against God. Abraham had been raised in idolatry mm-hmm. by, by some, in, some great encounter with God that caused him to be totally sold out. Yeah totally tamed to the voice of God. And when I say tamed to the voice of God, Abraham knew when God was speaking to him and he had visitation from angels from time to time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so God kept him in the loop, so to speak, of how he can determine this is the voice and the power of God. So That really... um Stuck to me there too, because also it shows the redeeming character of God. Yes, that He's always just, you know, redeeming and redeeming, and it's just a taking the the Gentile man who knew nothing of God and and, and out of Him birthing a nation. Yes, just foreshadowing of what was to come for us is is powerful. It is because Abraham believed this so strong that he just packed up and moved. Yeah. And uh, and Hebrews 11 said he went out not knowing where he was even going, but he was so convinced of God's leading and was willing to obey God, he just went out, mm-hmm. left his home country, left his kinfolks, took what he had, his belongings, and just left because God had spoke to him, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And then later on, you know the story that God said, I, ever, ever, everywhere you lay your foot, everywhere you mm-hmm. step, I'm going to give it to you yeah. as a nation. So Abraham was the surveyor for God. Mm. He's, he traveled. I mean, he yeah. traveled and God said, every place you step your foot, mm. that's going to be your country for the nation that I am going to build through you. Yeah. Now let's explore how this had to happen and how this had to take place. So Abraham left. He left his home country and he's following after God. He's following the things of God and 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 God is leading him. I mean God is leading him so strong and so powerful and uh he uh he has uh, a lot of people. I mean many many people, many servants. Uh, Eleazar is uh, named and is one of the faithful servants of Abraham. And he is the one believed that Abraham sent to get Isaac a wife. Yeah. It doesn't call him by name, but that is yeah. the belief there. But then uh, then you got Hagar and Ishmael that comes in the picture that Sarah said, and she's aware of the promise God made Abraham because he's talked it over. Mm-hmm. Abraham's 75 years old when he left home, his home country. They're traveling. So Hagar become his uh, concubine. And through Hagar, he had Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Then when you get to chapter 17, chapter 17, God has made a covenant with Abraham. And verse number one, chapter 17 and verse one. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, at this time, Abraham had been walking 
the vision of God for 24 years. Remember, he left at age 75, and the scripture said he was 99 years old at this point. And God said, I'm going to make a covenant between you and me. I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him. And the covenant that God made to Abraham was circumcision. He was a Gentile up to this point. And Ishmael was conceived before Abraham was circumcised. Now everybody knows what circumcision is. It is removing the skin of the male of the uh, foreskin of the male. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason God gave that covenant of circumcision is so the seed would not pass through the flesh. Mm -hmm. Ishmael was conceived before Abraham was circumcised. That makes him a child of the flesh. Mm -hmm. But Isaac was not conceived until after Abraham was circumcised. That makes him a child of promise. Mm -hmm. That's the reason the scripture refers to him as his his only son. Mm -hmm. His only son. Yeah, because everything else was conceived in the flesh, but now Isaac is conceived and born when Abraham is exactly one hundred years old. Mm. Isaac was born when Abraham was one hundred years old, and so wow. the covenant that God gave Abraham and telling him, "I want you to remove the foreskin of yourself." and all the males in your household. Hmm. Now, I'm sure when God spoke to that to Abraham, Abraham probably said, but Noah got a, a, a <laughs> rainbow for his covenant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it don't seem like a fair yeah. trade. <laughs> but it was a covenant of yeah. removing the flesh so the seed would not pass through the flesh. Mm-hmm. And when the seed went from one generation to the other, it went through the covenant mm. that God had made. Now, Let's explore. Now, Rob, I'm not sure we're going to cover all this in one session. We may have to do this in two sessions, but I want to really cover this because I want people to know that God had a plan from the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. Jesus was ordained to come into this world, and every step of the way, God ordered that plan, and he carried it out one piece at a time. Now Amen. then, we have talked about the uh, Abraham being 100 years old. Now let me just kindly back up here a moment of time and, and give you the promise that God made to Abraham and uh, how the generation of 100 years is propagated here mm-hmm. in the scripture. The, the 100 generation, year generation is prophetic generation. And let me prove that. Go back to chapter 15. Chapter 15 of the book of Genesis and verse 13. And now this is God talking to Abraham. He said, know of a surety that thy seed, shout, now he's talking about the seed here. This is important. This is your future. This is your offspring that's going to start a new nation ordained by God And he said this, thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not there. What he's prophesying here, telling Abraham, is the 
Egypt encounter. Mm. When they went down to Egypt, Lord, this is years, years before that took place. But God is nailing it down for Abraham, and he said, they're going to be a stranger in the land, and they're going to serve them, and they are going to be afflicted 400 years. Mm. Wow. I'm telling you, God just called the shots. Yeah. Now, someone may say, well, preacher, there's a flaw in the word of God because they was 430 years there. Let me show you something. I'm going to take a little detour here to show you something. Moses, and we may do a podcast on the life of Moses because his life is in three stages, and we'll talk about that in a Mm -hmm. podcast, but Moses was ordained of God and born. He was a proper child, the scripture said, which means he was set apart from all the rest, and God used him, sent him down to lead them. But Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh. He -hmm. was actually heir to the throne of Egypt. Yeah. But he knew his purpose and his mission through his mother's teaching. She had placed that inside of him. Mm -hmm. And when he saw his people being abused, he, he got ahead of God. He killed a soldier, buried him in the sand And when it was found out, he fled. Ten years before the children of Israel, by promise, should have left Egypt land, Moses blew it. Mm. He blew it. Now, I've heard people say, well, what's going to be will be. The the Bible don't even bring that out. Mm -hmm. It don't bring that out. The will of God is set for us in the word of God. But whether I follow the will of God or not, it's up to me. Let me give you a for instance here. In 1 Peter 5 and 9, he said this. He said that the Lord's not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is faithful to usward, not willing that any should perish. Mm-hmm. That's God's perfect will. Yeah, It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come repentance. As we said here today, we know tons of people are going to hell while we sit here right now. Yes. But that's not the plan of God. No. The plan of God is for everybody to come to salvation. Amen. But man has a choice whether you choose that. Let me say to people that are listening, God has a plan for your life. Mm. But whether you want to fit in that plan or not is entirely up to you. It depends on the choices you make, the dedication you've got to God, whether you fulfill the plan of God or not. Mm. It's choices for us. So people get kind of dyed in the wool sometime. Oh, God's got a plan and it's going to happen regardless of what I do. The Bible don't teach that at all. God's plan is given. But whether I receive it or not is up to me. It is the plan of God for everybody to be saved. But mm-hmm. as we speak, you've got family members that's not saved. That's not God's plan, but they're not living God's plan. Yeah, They're living their plan. And, well, we may do a podcast <laughs> on that too. But now then, I, I just read to you in 15 and 13. Now, go down to verse 16. Now, verse 13 said they're going to be in Egypt 400 years. Moses blew that plan, and, and uh, in 40 years of his life, He left when he was 40, come back when he was 80, but it was um, 
40 years of his life, 10 years before they was to leave by the providence of God, Moses blew it because he wanted to promote himself before God was ready to promote him. Mm, wow. And so he left and 40 years later come back, which put them in bondage an extra 30 years. Wow. Because of the disobedience of Moses to the plan of God. But that's for another time. Mm -hmm. Verse 16, but in the fourth generation they shall come again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet fulfilled. Now, verse 13 said, they'll be in bondage 400 years. Verse 16 said, and in the fourth generation, four into 400 is 100 years. So the 100-year mark is prophetic generation. So now then, let's go back to Abraham. Isaac was not born until Abraham was 100 years old. Why? Because he had lived out his 100-year life in the flesh. Now he's starting a new prophetic generation that includes a promise from the covenant of circumcision that he received before Isaac was born into this world. Keep in mind, Isaac was not conceived until after Abraham was circumcised. That makes him a child of promise. Mm. It makes him part of the fellowship of the plan of the almighty God of glory. So yeah. God had given Abraham this promise. And whenever Abraham received this promise, then Isaac was conceived and Isaac was born through Sarah. And I keep in mind, Sarah is 90 years old. Mm -hmm. And Abraham even tells God she's past the years of bearing. Yeah. And God said, hey, I'm God. Mm. I, I want to do this to show the world this is a God thing. Yeah. Sometimes in our life, God does the supernatural just to prove a point. Mm. Just to prove a point for us. It's not that, you know, I hear people say, why isn't everybody healed? Why does this and have to die? That and have to die when they were so good. Listen, God's got a plan for us. And our plan is to live with him through eternity. How we get there, how we get there, I, you can't dictate that. Mm. Some leave by sickness. Some leave by tragedy. And, and, and some, you know, I, I felt a punch in my spirit whenever I made that statement there. And I'm going to take a little detour here and show you something from the word of God. You that are following me, turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter number 68 and, and listen to verse 17. Isaiah 68 and verse number 17 he said, the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai and in the holy place. The chariots of God are 20,000. Anytime the chariots of God are spoke of, are seen in the scripture, it is always God getting somebody out of here. Hmm. Yeah. So he said, the chariots of God are 20,000. You preachers that are listening out there, here's a good message at a funeral service to encourage people with. God's got 20,000 ways to
to get us out of here. That's in Psalm 68, verse 17. God has got 20,000 ways to get us out of here. What does that tell you? God's ultimate purpose for us is for us to live our life at any time that we're called out of here, we can join him mm. in everlasting life and live with him through eternity. Yeah. That's his ultimate plan for us. So God's got 20,000 ways to get us out of here. So I don't dispute when people die tragic. I don't dispute when somebody's laying in a coma, even though they have been a good person, love God, a major part of a church somewhere. Yeah. I don't dispute that at all because I know this scripture, God's got 20,000 ways to get us out of here. And, and many times, I, I just mm. feel like somebody out there is, is soaking this up right now. And let, let me say this, and I've used this so often in, uh, in funeral services, especially with children. Uh, boy, that, that's hard. Children's funerals are just the hardest thing to do in the world. But I learned something several years ago, Rob, and that is this. A shepherd that takes sheep in the mountains where there's no fences and he leads them from place to place so they can eat grass and they can find water. But a sheep is the only barnyard animal I know of that can't swim. Hmm. When they get in water over their backs, their wool soaks up all that water, makes them too heavy, and they just sink. Mm. So they're scared of water. That's, that, mm. that's the inspiration of Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Mm. I shall that's not good. want. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. And he said, he leads me by the still waters. Yeah. Leads me in waters I can cross. Mm. I can get across. So sheep are, uh, they have to be led. Yeah. And when they come to water, sometimes you can try to drive them. They'll just turn and run back over the top of you because they're afraid of that. Mm -hmm. But when the shepherd wants to get them across that water, he takes a lamb to the other side. Hmm. And he takes the lamb to the other side, sets that lamb down and calls it to start uh, blatant and hollering to the rest of the sheep. And every one of those sheep will cross. Wow. I've seen this happen. When a child out of a family is taken, that whole family will turn to God. Mm. They'll turn to God. Why? Because on the other side of Jordan River that we often talk about as the crossing of Jordan, death, yes. there's a loved one, a precious loved one there. Yes. And they just blading and calling out to us, come where I'm at. Come where I'm at. David makes a wonderful statement when he lost the child that he had with Bathsheba. Yeah. I can't call him back, but I can go where he's at. Mm. He makes that kind of statement. So, you know, all of this, the compelling facts of God's grace and God's mercy and the love that he has for us. And God started setting the nation of the Hebrew people up at this point and then we're going to get into this yeah. a little bit later, and uh, next week we'll we'll conclude with the Hebrew nation of how God brought it one step at a time. Yeah, and He brought it 
so that Christ could be born into this world. And we're going to talk about some of the pitfalls that happened during the time before Christ, how the devil tried so hard yeah. to destroy the Jews. He, he tried everything he could to destroy them because he knew God had created a nation just special for that because mm. God had promised that in Genesis 3.15. Amen. Well, uh, there's nothing wrong with cutting it short because that's still a lot for, for people to chew on and a lot for me to still chew on. So uh, we pray that this episode blessed you today and that uh, you were elevated in the word. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. We do appreciate uh, all of you who, who see us out and about and just encourage us and just tell us how much the podcast means to you. Um, obviously, I'm just the guy that, that asked the questions and, and, um, and puts the episodes together. Brother Dean, it's, it's your knowledge and the, the Holy Spirit through you, and I'm very thankful that you're my father-in-law. So, and I know a lot of people are very thankful for this podcast, and I'm one of them. So uh, thank you guys, though, for supporting it, though. Uh, we love y'all, and y'all have a great rest of your week. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast this week. We pray it was a blessing to you. We pray that it encouraged you, that you were elevated in the word. Don't forget to check out Dean Caldwell Ministries on Facebook to keep up with all things that Brother Dean uh, is doing. You guys have a great rest of your week and God bless.